0: This week, we're talking about braising.
1: I can't wait to talk about braising. I swear to you, braising is the only thing that gets me through the winter. I mean, you've got the cold nights, but you can take a pot with a piece of, of tough meat and slide it into a low oven mm-hmm. and let it cook for hours and hours while you get to spend time with your family, like mm-hmm. gathered around the hearth mm-hmm. and now, uh, you know, watching the, the steamy windows. Matthew, and, um, hey. What?
0: Have you been watching reruns of Little House on the Prairie again?
1: Why do you ask?
0: While you're wearing a bonnet. You know, there is something about braising that brings out the sap in all of us.
1: It sure does. I think it's that warming aspect of it that uh, everything you braise comes out so uh, soft and comforting and very easy to eat.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, pot roast, right? I mean, that's sort of the the ultimate braised dish, isn't it? And I mean, that's sort of the ultimate in,
1: in comfort food. Absolutely, and uh, braising—it's—it's also—it's so—it's so easy that there's plenty of time to stand around getting sentimental while the food basically cooks itself in the totally. oven or on top of the stove, and then later you can serve it and take all the credit for it.
0: It's awesome. So I guess before we go any further, we should—we uh, should talk about what braising is.
1: Well, braising is basically browning some kind of food and then cooking it slowly in liquid. But uh, I don't know. From my perspective, I think the browning part is is optional. I've braised things. Uh, first and then brown them after or braise things and not brown them at all. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, both of the things that we're making today didn't get browned first.
1: Uh-huh. So, so now the yeah. truth comes out.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that most braising starts with browning uh, because really if you don't, if you don't brown it first, then kind of what's the difference between braising and, and shallow liquid poaching?
1: Shallow liquid poaching. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the difference is that uh, shallow liquid poaching sounds more like a method of torture. <laughs> No, but seriously, I...
0: I don't know. I guess the difference is that with braising, so often you take the liquid that you've been cooking in and you reduce it down to a sauce.
1: Oh, that you're right. That is one of my favorite things about braising—that you can uh, you can remove the, the food that you've braised and, and boil down the liquid until it's really thick and rich and salty and uh, and often tangy and uh, and then you can eat all of that liquid in the kitchen while no one's looking and pretend it never existed. If, or if
0: if you're Matthew, right. yeah, or mm-hmm. if, or if
1: you're someone nicer than me, which uh, uh, is possible, then uh, you can. Uh, Pour it back in, or use it as a sauce at the table, and have this incredibly rich dish that was very easy to make.
0: Well, what are some of your favorite things to braise?
1: In general, I would say my favorite things are mostly meat. So, like uh, chicken thighs are are the ultimate thing to braise. Even if uh, even if you're buying them at the farmers market, they're not that expensive. Um, and, and you uh, would
0: you would brown them first. Right?
1: I would definitely brown them first yeah. because there's a lot of a lot of fat under the skin um, that you want to that you want to render out. Um, also, the browning lends uh, lends a really nice flavor. So um, brown them, and then. Uh, I, you can cook them anywhere between depending on how how uh, tender you insist that they become anywhere from like thirty to 90 minutes uh, it's really hard to overcook a chicken thigh um, the thing uh, the <laughs> thing <laughs> why is that funny?
0: It just sounds like some sort of a strange quote that would be taken out
1: <laughs> well the thing the thing Lynn Rosetta Casper always says about chicken thighs her her uh, her standard uh, quote about chicken thighs is a chicken thigh never dies. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> That's kind of great. Which is kind of uh, true and completely false at the same time. Because the
0: chicken thigh is dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, my favorite things to braise are uh, are actually vegetables. Really? I know that, uh, I don't know, the most common thing that I feel like we, we talk about when we talk about braising is meat. But I really love to braise vegetables. Actually, so Matthew and I showed up to record this episode today. Uh, and both of us were carrying copies of All About Braising by Molly Stevens. And that book has an incredible number of amazing recipes. And most of the ones that I've made are vegetables. Um, Her braised endive with prosciutto is fantastic. You finish it with a little bit of cream. It's Mm. just, it's unreal. Uh, The way the cream and the, you know, the sort of deep salty flavor of the prosciutto cut through the bitterness of the endive. I also love her cream braised Brussels sprouts. She does a braised green cabbage that I think you have made too. Oh um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You cut it into wedges and it braises in the oven for like two hours or something.
1: You caught me. I have I have cooked something other than meat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> busted. Um I also like to braise red cabbage on the stovetop with red cabbage vinegar is and yes. honey. Oh, that is one of my favorites. And um and Molly Stevens also has—you can tell I'm really into this book. Molly Stevens also has a recipe for Savoy cabbage gratin um, that gets topped with a St. Marcellin cheese. That
1: sounds—that sounds rich.
0: It's out of control. It's so good. It's—it's it's perfect for—it's uh, perfect for winter.
1: Yeah, so like paging—paging paging through this book uh, while uh, while we're talking about our favorite things to braise, I feel like we're like Talmudic scholars, like discussing the Torah.
0: Yes, we are going straight to the source for the truth.
1: Yes, yeah, it's it's a little known fact that Molly Stevens actually invented braising in two thousand and four. Yeah, when mm-hmm. this when this book came out, you would before,
0: think she did. Yeah.
1: Before that, it was uh, pretty much everything was deep fried
0: mm-hmm. or, or roasted. There was the Barbara yeah. Kafka roasting, right. You know, trend. Oh, and as well. the
1: and, and she also wrote the microwave gourmet. So before before two thousand and four, there was frying, roasting, and microwaving.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank God for Molly Stevens.
1: Yeah, I remember the the, the dark ages. Yep. yeah. yeah. Can we go back to talking about meat for a moment because uh, aside from aside from chicken thighs I and mean, the best meats to braise are uh, are the ones that are t- would be toughest if you tried to saute them so the shoulder of any large animal is uh, is the ultimate in braising pretty much so pork shoulder beef chuck lamb shoulder is really wonderful and uh, most most butchers will be kind of happy, excited if you ask for it. Even, even like at a supermarket butcher, butcher counter, um, I've uh, I've bought it, and they're like, "Oh, lamb shoulder. It's the sort of thing that butchers like to eat," and, and grin at you when you ask for. <laughs>
0: So what are we making today?
1: I am making a carnitas salad. So carnitas are um, a uh, Mexican braced pork shoulder dish. And there are a couple of different ways they can be made. But the way they're usually made at home is uh, you cut up the pork shoulder. You don't brown it first. You just throw it in a pot with uh, stock of any kind. I use chicken broth. Um, I threw in a little tequila and lime juice and onions and just uh, cooked it until it was until the uh, pork was completely tender and i cooked it with uh, with the lid off for the, most of the time so that uh, the liquid would evaporate and concentrate and flavor the pork and then i'm going to uh, crisp those up a little in a uh, in a frying pan and then serve them with some shredded napa cabbage and a uh, if you can call this a salad dressing made of lime juice and hot sauce
0: that sounds fantastic.
1: Well, thank you. It also sort of sounds like the sort of thing like a dude would make and eat by himself and then later uh, tell his lady that he ate a salad.
0: Uh-huh. It totally is. Which
1: consisted does. of 90% Yeah, pork. we're
0: having salad for lunch right, today. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm
1: Salad. So what did you make?
0: Well, uh, I made some vegetables. So you can tell Lori that you had vegetables at least at okay. lunch. I made a recipe out of this all-about-braising book that we've been yammering on about. and uh, I haven't Is it made... braised
1: yams? <laughs> it's not.
0: <laughs> I haven't made it before it's a uh, whole roasted scallions and uh i'm not a scallion person but molly stevens just gives it such a good sell she says if you've never tasted slow cooked whole scallions you're in for a treat
1: so i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure scallions are, are a garnish
0: well we're in for a treat apparently
1: we're in for we're in for a, a meal of garnish
0: yeah <laughs> well let's get to it
1: <laughs> all right So I am going to take these carnitas that I made the other day, and that brings us to to one of the best things about a braised dish is that not only uh, is it just as good the next day or, like, three days later, but it's frequently better.
0: Yeah. So you're going to take these carnitas.
1: And carnitas, they uh, they don't really look like much uh, before. uh, Well, they still don't even really look like much when you serve them, but they taste really good. Would you like to shred some cabbage? I would
0: love to shred some cabbage.
1: This was, this was the smallest napa cabbage, I'm going to hold this up to the microphone so people can see, this was the smallest napa cabbage they had at the, uh, at the supermarket, um, and it's... Uh, it's big. It's, it's, it's like the
0: size of your head. It, yeah,
1: it's, it's almost, yeah, it's very similar it to It is kind of to exactly
0: the size of your head.
1: Be sure, when you, when you shred this, be sure you're grabbing the cabbage rather than my head.
0: Okay. Is this about what you're looking for?
1: Yeah, I think okay. that's perfect.
0: I'm getting it all over the floor, and That's okay. I, I got some of it too thick, man. I'm a total loser. <laughs> Hold on! I, I, not only am I getting it, really flo- full- oh, I'm getting this now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, this show's canceled.
0: Okay, here we go.
1: Here's some. Um, here's some. Are you like? Try again. Throw
0: that away and try again.
1: <laughs> exactly. This is. We're gonna. We're gonna turn this into that Gordon Ramsay show. Um,
0: where... What kind of knife skills are these? <laughs> right. Ooh, listen to that um, crackle there There's
1: probably more fork than we need but...
0: You can tell Lori that you had an extra big salad
1: <laughs> the big salad, right
0: Well, I guess I should tell you what I did with these scallions Please um, So, this really, as I think I said before Was the easiest braids I've ever done um, Basically, I took these scallions I rinsed them off, I cut off the root end, Mm -hmm. and then I trimmed, you know, a couple of inches off of the greens, Um, I put them in a 9 by 13 baking pan, and I sort of uh, arranged them so that um, half of them were pointing toward one short end of the pan and half pointing toward the other, so that way um, they're not, that way they're not um, in a double layer of
1: the pan. Okay, that's sort of exactly how I arranged my underwear drawer.
0: (laughs) Well fancy that! (laughs) And then you don't even need stock. Uh, you just pour water over these, dot them with butter, sprinkle a little bit of chopped fresh parsley over it, mm-hmm. cover it with foil, and bake it for about 35 minutes. And it smells amazing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say uh, if, if we weren't standing next to this beautiful pan of brown scallions, I would be feeling very skeptical about this about this procedure. But uh, the well, the they proof. They
0: look like uh, they look like little leeks now, and they smell like leeks too. Yeah. We um. We finished the braise by kicking the oven up to 450 and, uh, and shaking the pan a bit and getting some color onto them and reducing that liquid that they cooked in, the water that they cooked in, down to a glaze.
1: I'm really excited to see to try this and to see whether whether they're still stringy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that's my main complaint about trying to eat whole scallions. Yes. It's really uh, lots of stuff to get stuck in your teeth. So tell me about... What the dressing is for this. Because basically, so, we've got the Napa cabbage, we've got the pork.
1: Yes, and I figured that the dressing for this salad, like, even even if you're a dude and home alone, does not need any oil or fat in the dressing because uh, there's plenty of that already. So uh, for the dressing, I'm going to do a combination of lime juice and Frank's Red Hot Extra Hot sauce, which is not really that hot. What
0: is, um, what is Frank's Red Hot Extra Hot?
1: It is a Louisiana hot sauce that is sold in every supermarket. That that bottle you're holding, uh, I believe it costs $1.29. Oh, and it, it smells it's, uh, fantastic. It's a, it's a very good kind of basic hot sauce that works with everything.
0: I'm going to taste one of these scallions. Wow. Man, I'm so. What's the verdict? Really? Well, I don't know if I would try to, like, cut across it. I don't know if we've totally eliminated the string factor. Okay. But, like, kind of fold it up. There you go. Fold it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shuffle it all in the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't just put the whole thing in. <laughs> Your eyes are like kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good,
1: huh? Yeah, that's good. So I have to say the scallions were really delicious. I was skeptical, but they were juicy and uh, and salty and. Uh, hanging from the lemon juice. And I think you absolutely have to eat them with your hands.
0: I think you do. They're so tender and so foldable. I really think you kind of fold them up and eat them with your fingers.
1: I love the the crunchy one on the, on the edge that yeah. uh, was kind of uh, blackened.
0: Yeah, yeah, the one that, that uh, sort of sticks up above the rest or touches the edge, it gets kind of chewy and crispy. It's great.
1: They should make a special pan like that edge brownie pan, but for making, for making <laughs> all crispy braised scallions, yeah. it would mm-hmm. be a huge seller. It
0: would. It anyone, would. I would buy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, if anyone wants to take that idea and make a million off it, you have our blessing.
0: <laughs> great. I can't wait to use it. Hop to it. And I, uh, I'm kind of in love with that salad you made for us. I mean, I know you said it was the kind of thing that like a guy eats for lunch. When, you know, he's home alone, I'm totally going to eat it for lunch now. I guess
1: okay, you may want to watch I'm your guy. testosterone level if you yeah, do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. The Napa cabbage is so sort of, it's this, it has this great watery crunch, and I think it, it really complements the rich, chewy pork and the, the tangy dressing. It's a keeper. Sorry. So I wanted to ask you, what, you know, what kind of pot or, or vessel did you use to cook the pork in?
1: Well, I used an uh, a enameled cast iron Le Creuset pan like a a big oval one, and
0: uh, aren't those expensive? Are they worth the money
1: it was it was a gift, so um it was absolutely worth the the nothing that I paid for it <laughs> um if uh if I were buying my own brazing vessel, I would probably hesitate and uh, and go for well, regular cast iron can work well for a lot of things if uh, if the liquid isn't too acidic and those are not very expensive and uh, it doesn't have you don't have to braise in something really really heavy like a a, a cheap pot really works fine.
0: Yeah. What about those uh, those fancy pots with the the drippy spikes inside?
1: I <laughs> <laughs> oh, mean made by made by Staub.
0: Yes or or Staub or Staub. Yes. <laughs> you sounded like you were going to start clucking like a chicken for a second there.
1: Um, they're, they're really great for raising chicken. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I just I just Googled that, and they, and the spikes are called your self-basting spikes.
0: That's pretty amazing. I want to be one of those for Halloween sometimes. A
1: self-basting spike? Yeah, totally. Yes.
0: Do you think that that makes a difference? Should we try it?
1: Are you buying? <laughs> if, you, if you bring was, the spikes.
0: It was, it was a, you know sort of a rhetorical question.
1: <laughs> I, I doubt it. As long as there's some moisture and some food in the pot, <laughs> I'm not too worried. That's, I mean, that's what's so great about braising. It's so, it's so forgiving. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to screw up a braised dish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, You'd have to really go all out to overcook it. And if it's undercooked, just throw it in a little longer.
0: You know, another thing I wanted to ask is, do you braise with the lid on or the lid off?
1: That's kind of a personal question, don't you think? <laughs> so- well, there was uh, there was kind of a, a controversy or a uh, uh, a bit of excitement like last year when Harold McGee uh, wrote an article for the New York Times where he said lid off is the way to go because with in, the,
0: in brazing in in brazing specifically
1: and and in hats, um, <laughs> but uh, that uh, with the lid off or, or partially off. Um, you uh, you don't get the situation where heat has is building up and up in the pot and it boils ah, because uh, okay. a full a full boil can toughen your braise,
0: right, right. yeah. I mean, I think of braise as uh, you know, as gentle as possible
1: along the same avenue, do you do you braise on the stove top or in the yeah. oven?
0: I often do a little bit of both. Okay. Um, You know, especially if you're working with a braising recipe that has you brown whatever it is first. You're going to, of course, do that on the stovetop. And then I find that it usually works best to transfer it into the oven because... um, it's just a, it's a more consistent, gentle heat. It's a little easier, I think, to control the heat in the oven.
1: Yeah, I also, I also gravitate to the oven for that reason. If I'm doing it on the stovetop, I actually did those carnitas on the stovetop because I wanted a lot of the liquid to, to boil off so it would be almost gone by the mm-hmm. time the pork was cooked. But if I'm not doing something like that, then yeah, I think the oven is totally the way to go.
0: Well, and these scallions that I made, you know, they, with all apologies to Harold McGee, mm-hmm. They go with a lid in the form of foil on for most of it. But I think that's because in this case, you're, you're working with something. Uh, you know, when you put those scallions in the dish, they've kind of got a life of their own. They're pretty stiff, and they kind of stick up all over the place. And they're uh, <laughs> really difficult to work with these scallions. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, and you're not using a lot of liquid, so you need to get some steam going in there. So that is one case where it it is useful to use uh, to use a lid of some sort for a little while, and then of course we took the lid off and uh, and let them get some color on them in the last couple minutes.
1: So give your give your scallions a steam bath. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Matthew, um, thanks for lunch, but uh, I've got a full belly and all this talk about braising and slow cooking and sitting around the hearth it's uh it's making me feel like i need to take a nap
1: well and what what says brilliant radio more than a nap (laughs) thanks everyone for listening to the nap channel (laughs) join us in a couple hours when we'll still be napping (laughs) and also thank you for listening to spilled milk (laughs) the the show that has already put you to sleep and therefore, you can't hear this part.
0: <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg,
1: and I'm Matthew Amsterburton.
0: I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um,
0: I think we can make the nap channel thing move along a little more quickly. Okay.
1: It's okay. <laughs> not supposed to move along quickly. It's the nap channel. Okay. You want to turn it into the power nap channel? <laughs> <laughs> That would be great if there's a channel you could tune to, like for, it would just knock you the hell out for three minutes, and then put on like a, a you know a Led Zeppelin song and wake you right back up. That could that could improve a lot of work days.
0: It really could. It really could. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening to Spilled Milk, the, the show that has not improved a lot of work days. <laughs> I'm Matthew Amsterburton, Burton.
0: And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.